Podcast Network Asia. Welcome to Family is the Answer, an adoption and foster care podcast. I'm Karina Kuna Henson, Managing Director for Rohe Foundation. Together with Podcast Network Asia, we're here to share resources to inform you and stories to inspire you about adoption and foster care. Hope you enjoy listening. Welcome to another episode of the Family is the Answer podcast. My name is Karina, and I get to work with our amazing team here at Rohe Foundation. And joining me today is Tanya Barrazzo, who I'm super excited to have back on the podcast with us. Many of you had the privilege of meeting Tanya, um, was it a year ago? Yeah, I was still in college. Just about a year ago, she's still in college and she's interning with us. I'll never forget the first day I met Tanya. So the first day I met Tanya, I, you know, she, she helped us with, you know, a huge event um, that we did in partnership with IJM. And after that, I remember telling John, my husband, I said, oh my goodness, I really hope we can hire this girl someday. Like, I really hope we get to work with Tanya. Hey, fast forward, 2022, Tanya has said yes to us, joining us full time. And we're super excited. She is now the manager for communities and events um, for our team. And she's doing just amazing work with the different communities that we manage. For those that are, you know, hopping onto our podcast for the very first time, if you can tell us just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Um, So fun fact, maybe I was homeschooled. So in terms of like family being the answer, (laughs) a little plug there. um, I think that's been really real for me because I really spend a lot of time with my family. And I think that has really played a big part in why I chose something that's related to people and valuing relationships. I've also really been very active with the youth in our youth ministry and disciple seven women. And it's it's so humbling. And I think that that's really prepared me for the work that we do now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's just really nice to see you um, who even, you know, whatever capacity you had, either as a student um, in the ministries that you're involved with, um, even in your family, really taking on such responsibility and leadership and starting whatever God puts in front of you so well, you know, just seeing you take on such leadership roles, just really having a lot of respect for you and seeing how you stored things really well. So thank you for doing what you do for us. Um, We have invited you onto the podcast today, kind of ambushed you, not going to lie. Kind of. Because I really wanted to get her to talk about communities when it Mm -hmm. comes to the value of that around foster care, around you know, adoption communities are so important. And we're finding now that a lot of people are reaching out to us on Mm -hmm. Facebook, on Mm -hmm. our social media platforms. And Mm -hmm. they're saying like, you know, trying to get into some Facebook pages and groups and really wanting to connect. So you're doing great work there. So maybe you could take us through, maybe like, give us an overview. I know it's just several weeks Mm -hmm. since you started and you just done such a great job, as I said, stewarding that from the start. Why? Are communities so important for those who are involved in fostering and adoption? I think I want to zoom into why just in general it's important. So in the Philippines, we really have this collectivistic culture, which I think is a bit difficult these days with, you know, struggling with certain things and just feeling alone. 
So it's a bit hard to live that out, I'd say. It's it's a culture, but I feel like a lot of people don't really even value it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like personally, they're like, oh yeah, I grew up in a close-knitted family, but for it to be important to me, having a community and not feeling alone or or offering that to someone is not really something that comes so naturally. Right. I feel like everyone's just overwhelmed with their own personal struggles that they don't see the importance to you know extend presence to someone else community is just so important to an an individual's life and if you zoom that in to fostering and adopting that's a whole nother level of like challenges i have not personally adopted or fostered yet um but i've learned so much about it that i can't even imagine having to you know like even as youth you get overwhelmed like should i do that can i even like that's a lot (laughs) and so when you're actually nearing that stage of considering it you know with your spouse or just in, as an individual I can only imagine what more amount of things you that's just running in your head of reasons for probably why you shouldn't do it we, we like to weigh things and yeah and should I do it should I not and probably when it comes to fostering and adopting there would be so much reasons why not to do it it's not practical it's not you know it's a long process so many things but when you actually have someone walking alongside you on that road of like that rockiness and that you know you're I, I I pictured this something like on the way here how um we're not really from Makati we're offices now so I was with my dad and we were using Waze and I was just like ah, this is hard because like Waze is like confusing yeah and and you don't really know and where there are one way streets yes and here like, in Makati oh my god yeah <laughs> if you if you miss a turn then it's like a turn. big yeah yeah a big detour yeah but what made it diff- I mean like we'd probably still be lost. But what made it different is that I had my dad with me. Like someone to struggle with me that it wasn't, hey, I know better than you. It was yeah, like, I'm with you it out together. Yeah, let's get to our destination together. And it's someone that you trusted and that you love. Yeah. And that loves you. Right. So I think everyone needs that. Yeah, that's a really great analogy. Um, just journeying together and the importance around that you hit the nail on the head when you said there's so many fears and there can be a lot of anxiety and foster care and adoption in itself. There's, there's just a lot of uncertainty yet. You know, I find that, you know, in, in our forums, which you also manage, we get a lot of questions and unfortunately sometimes our answer to them is it's case to case basis or it depends. And that can be frustrating, but Mm -hmm. it's just the reality around adoption and fostering. There's a lot of uncertainties. Yeah. Um, but it really helps to journey with someone. Mm-hmm. In fact, when it comes to our forums, what people love the most is the stories and the panels. Like every yes. time we invite a guest, right? Yeah. They're like, oh, that was my favorite part yeah. of the forum mm-hmm. because they got to hear and learn from real life experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also want to circle back to what you were saying about keeping to yourselves. Families just worrying about, you know, their own needs and the yeah. own things that they're going through and mm-hmm. I also find that Filipino families, maybe Asian families, mm-hmm. don't really they need community mm-hmm. sometimes because they're very private. Yeah. yeah. It's like our family issues are our family issues. Mm-hmm. Like we don't tell anybody about what's going on in our family and yeah. our challenges and our struggles. And they tend to keep a lot of that to themselves. Mm-hmm. Would you find that that's true like in our communities as well? Yeah, I think it's it carries over even, I mean, like if you're raised in that kind of culture or if you thought that that was probably the way to go, it's a bit hard to outgrow that. Even if you're in a right. community that says, no, you can be yourself here, that 
we're with you, you're not alone, you don't need to process that alone. Um, so I think it's really a cultural thing that we're trying to outgrow the the importance of community. Um, but yeah, you're so right in that. It's I think it's the saving face also. We care a lot about how we're perceived. Yes. I think yeah. humans in general. I can imagine how this could be especially challenging for an adoptee. Yeah. That maybe wanted to talk about their experiences, mm-hmm. but didn't feel like it was safe to do that because they were worried or concerned about how that would reflect on their parents or on yeah. their family and things like that. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important also for especially especially adoptees to learn the more healthy way to talk about them also being adopted, right? right. Because that for for to break that stigma that I have to save um the reputation of my parents. Really, it starts with the parents because the child wouldn't know that they don't need to worry about that if the parent never even said that um culture that you know um you're adopted and it's not something to be ashamed of. It's mm-hmm. not something that's that makes you an outcast. Right. So then if they already experienced that at home, then they could embrace that and talk about it even proudly in their communities and their schools and say, I'm adopted. And no matter what you say, that ju- that doesn't change what my parents said I am, which is loved and cared for and chosen. Right. That I was chosen. That's something I don't think someone can figure out on their own. Right. And this is the power of community. I yeah. think some of the things that you're talking about, Tanya, are things we've learned mm. from the experiences yes. of other families, whether yeah. they're moms, adoptive moms, adoptive dads, you yeah. know, or adoptees themselves, being able to actually really learn what's happening and what helps mm. and what doesn't help yeah, and what sure. the challenges are. And I think yeah. That's really the value of community. It's the learning. You mentioned that the needs are very different depending on which community we're talking about. Yeah, definitely. It's so unique. And I think that that's also comforting to know that it's so unique because like what moms, adoptive and foster moms are struggling with is not something probably adoptive and foster dads are struggling with. You know, maybe there's similarities, but it's also very unique. And that's why we try to really gather them by moms, moms community. We don't really do couples community just yet. Maybe we could do that. Yeah, we could definitely do that. Parents. Parents. Um, And we do have some equipping, you know, programs that help adoptive and foster moms and dads. But really what we're trying to establish is communities for moms, communities for dads, communities for adoptees and foster kids. It's really to their specific need because we acknowledge that the stories shared there are stories someone else needs to hear in that same season or approaching that season or maybe even done with that season. Sure. It's different points of your life and the lessons that you've learned, being able to share that with someone who has probably been racking their brain about, how am I going to do this? I'm so afraid. I feel so alone and so unequipped. Right. And I don't know what to do. Right. Yeah. I think that it's... um. That's very insightful in that you touched it. You know, there are different seasons in a person's life. And whether you've been through it, um, sometimes people think like, oh, no, I'm good. But not recognizing that there's value in engaging with community because you've passed that or because you've walked through it. It puts you in the position where you actually have so much to give. Yeah. When I find myself in conversation with some families, you know, they'll be like, oh, actually, I'm I'm good. I actually don't need community. I know that sounds silly, like. I'm fine. But we're good. We're familiar. Familiar. But you kind of, you know, have to circle back to them and say like, hey, but that actually puts you in the very unique position of being able to walk through this yeah. with other people who 
are in desperate need mm-hmm. of mentoring, of coaching, of, of learning yeah. how to navigate this very unique situation they're in. And I think that it's important that we recognize that when it comes to fostering and adopting, this is not something that's widely talked about in the mm-hmm. Philippines mm-hmm. yet. Hi, this is Jason Law, best-selling author, speaker, and now the host of the Unique Life Podcast, where I discuss the four different types of personalities so that you will know your strengths and weaknesses and that of others. Join me as we try to unbox life and the wonders of your own unique personality, only here in Podcast Network Asia. I'll catch you there. So here for Filipino families, I can't stress enough the importance of this. There are a lot of resources and I've found myself turning to a lot of them simply because there was a shortage of it that was contextualized to Filipino adoptions and and Philippine-based foster care and all of that. But having to look overseas to see what's out there in the US and Mm -hmm. Europe and in Australia and other parts of Asia, how are they doing it? What does it look like? Right. But that's why... Community is important because there's some things that just don't apply. Yeah. Like the process, the journey, the technicalities of it, or, you know, the cultural nuances of um, what we experience. Mm -hmm. And being able to contextualize that really only happens in our local communities. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's just so much value there. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I think you hit that spot on. It's, again, unique for each culture and each family. Because like you were saying, you were you were turning to so many sources that, you know, the internet is just a vast thing that yes, it really gives you a lot of information and probably some testimonials, but yeah. it's different when you hear it from someone you know and is giving their time to tell you that it's not as hard as it seems. Like yeah. it's manageable and it's so worthwhile right. to actually hear that and see that and talk to someone, look at them in the eye and say, hey, I understand that you're struggling and that you're afraid to adopt and foster, but that it's going to be okay because I went through that. Like what you were saying a while ago, um, yeah, maybe you're not struggling and you're you're seasoned, I guess, in a sense, in adopting and fostering because, you know, you've just gotten stronger um, or wiser in handling all of these things. But how beautiful it is when you actually use what you've learned to another generation of parents, to another generation of adoptees. And it's not just, you know, those who have already learned a lot or but those who are learning and can impart. It's just so many things. I was talking to one of the members of our adoptees community and she was sharing how now that she she's a, she's a mom already now, but she was adopted. And she was sharing just the beauty of how because she was shown love and care, despite not being connected by blood it's helped her to show that same unconditional love and care to her own biological child, right? you know, and to also show her child the beauty of it's actually possible to have a good story of adoption. And that when her child grows up and goes to their school, they can say, my mom was adopted and it's nothing bad. It's nothing shameful. It's something so beautiful and powerful because I've experienced that generational love from my grandmother and my grandfather to my mom. And then to me, and now I can show it to you, someone who was fostered or adopted. Like that's powerful. That's generations. Just because someone chose to love and care unconditionally, not bound by blood. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I think 
you know, those are stories that we hear really often coming out of our community gatherings. Mm, I mean, that's one of so many, right? And just understanding the ripple effect of it and just being able to stand with each other. But, you know, like we were we were reading up on basically community empowerment and the Archibald project has a lot of information about this, but they kind of defined it as you know, community empowerment really helps create an environment of increasing stability and layers of protection and support for children mm-hmm. and families. And I really like how they phrase that because those layers of stability yeah. and support and protection. I mean, that's that's so important when you're going through something so uncertain. Um, they also say a strong community will support families in crisis to ensure they receive the support needed to properly care for their children. And I get that because especially around foster care, where like it could be a little bit more sometimes transitional, yeah. the need for community is so great. You cannot embark on this alone. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast recently. It was Jed Medefend. He is Um, the president of CAFO, the Christian Alliance for Orphans. And he does a podcast, which I highly recommend, Justice in the Inner Life. Um, Super hooked on this podcast now. Um, But he was talking about how um, biblically, um, every time God would send out the disciples, he would send them out two by two. He just wouldn't send them out into new experiences on their own. And I think it's so important that we think about that in the context of fostering and adoption. Don't get into this alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you need people and your community around you to stand with you, to walk with you, to hold the nets for you when things get hard, because they will, you know, when there are challenges, because there will be, not because it's adopting and fostering, but because it's parenting, because it's building family, because it's worth it. And anything worth doing is hard. Yeah. You know, just as you talk about the importance of community, I think bringing it back to that, this is worth doing together. Yeah. yeah. And I know for us um, and the work that we do around, you know, the Families the Answer podcast, Stronger Generations, which is designed to really equip families as well. We so believe in making our communities a safe place. Mm-hmm. I think every time we start a community meeting, One of the things that I hope would set our communities apart is that we walk into those spaces, setting the grounds, you know, setting the groundwork, the ground rules and saying, guys, this is meant to be a safe, a sacred place for people to share their struggles, to share their thoughts, to share, you know, their challenges, what it is that they're going through Mm -hmm. candidly without judgment, without anyone reacting or without fear of being criticized Mm -hmm. or misunderstood, um, but it just being a safe place for people. And so with that, I really want you to maybe just give us an overview of what the different communities look like for us at Rohe Foundation. We've launched a couple of them, some of, you know, like the Moms community has been going for a long time. Maybe you can just tell us, give us an overview of what's happening in those communities, what the gatherings are looking like, what the opportunities are for people who are listening to get involved in what we're doing and how we're gathering people together. Yeah. Thanks for that, Adagrina. It's my honor to talk about um, all of our communities. There's so many communities that we're trying to establish and continue to just care for. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we did have a mom's gathering. So that was something that we tried to do again after quite some time with our moms. We had it um, a few weeks ago and that was just so refreshing. That was my first mom's gathering, even if I'm not a mom. Um, It was so good to have you there. (laughs) Yeah. and it, it, it was just so amazing. And just hearing, like, we didn't even really do much, did we, Krina? Like, we just gave them a space and they just started sharing yeah. and encouraging each other, speaking truth and life to each other's, you know, circumstance that, hey, I'm like, you know, I'm 20 years into my journey and then someone who's just starting. Because <laughs> we also invited 
potential or prospective adoptive parents. Right. So that was so, that was, that exchange was, I feel like that's the highlight for me. Seeing a mom who is at her, you know, the point of matching in, in the process of adoption. And then having a mom who is a mom of a 20-year-old or, I don't know, a 30-year-old. Right. And they, them talking to each other and saying, hey, I remember when I was in that, you know, in the matching process. That's hard. That's difficult. Yeah. But we made it through. And, you know, here's some things that helped me. And, like, here's some resources that helped me. That, and then, like, just that exchange of ideas. And yeah. I think that's something you can't find on the internet or alone so that's one for our mom's gathering or our mom's community we have gatherings we're trying to launch also our dad's community because there's been like this really big um wave of requests <laughs> i think when we you know we promoted the mom's community all the dads are like what about us um we need community too and i think that's great yeah because you think usually for um for for dads in general they usually are more you know maybe preoccupied in providing for the family maybe but it's just so great to hear also that they see the value of it and that they're right. ready. They want to be part of one. And we're going to launch that soon. So we're, we're getting yeah, in contact. For that. Yeah, we're getting in contact with the dad's community to have gatherings for them also. And, and then also, we did have a homegrown adoptees community. So homegrown is what we call our adoptees, our fostered kids. And we met up with the core just last week on site that was so refreshing um meeting them on site and just having coffee together and and cookies um that was good <laughs> so wow. i had to mention that why wasn't i invited to this meeting <laughs> yeah but and and just exchanging ideas of what they want the community to look like so i think that right. that's the beauty of it is that we don't tell them hey do this do that like this could work for you this could not um, it's right. really them that are telling us, I want to do this. I want to change this in the community and let's do this. So it's really us just empowering our moms, our dads, and our adoptees communities to really gather together and share ideas and be that support for one another. We just create that space, but really it's them led, the community led. Yeah. And what was so great about that time with the core actually was um, I was talking again to one of the core members and she was saying like, she had this idea. She's like, you know what, Tanya, I really want to do this project or I want to really do this culture where adoptees talk to those that are already considering or maybe in the process of their adoption or foster journey. Maybe they're processing the papers or even considering it. For her, she wants to tell her story to someone that is probably full of just their fears. Yeah. And, and the overwhelming amount of documents they need to prepare and say, yes. it's worth it. Like, I am a walking testament of how worth it your decision is. And yeah, so we also have that community, those that are considering or in the process of adoption. We want to support them also and show them that it's worth it. And we also have our volunteers. Okay, before you go into that, okay, I also wanted to chime in a little bit about the different communities that you mentioned. Obviously, the dads one, we're super excited about that because I think fathers play such a critical role in the adoption and foster care journey um, and dynamic in the home. And we're, we really are looking for dads who would like to be part of that community and really help us maybe lead that. Mostly because I'm not a dad and neither are you. Um, <laughs> and we could use a little help, but very excited about that. So that's kind of like an upcoming thing. The mom's community, I can touch on a little bit more because, you know, we do both on-site events and online ones, mm. which have been really cool. I know we recently tried to like, we took a, we took a break from our on-site ones and, you know, it's either a book study or it's something that we do together 
Um, but we really want to encourage families, just like the adoptees community. I think there is so much value in like really literally gathering together and being together and taking what we know as communities online mm-hmm. to really real community, right? Mm-hmm. I, I know that sounds funny, but communities where we can actually gather together and be together and share experiences and, and come around each other. So I think there's value in that too, but definitely really wanted to put out there that we do both, you know, the online events for moms and also the actual gatherings where we come together and really mm-hmm. support each other and hear each other's stories and sometimes study a book together and do things yeah. like that. Right. But what I wanted to bring up was the value in, yes, we I just realized now, you know, we've designed these communities to kind of be a space where we could learn from each other. So one of the things you were telling me earlier was that you find that for parents, for adoptive parents, it's really more the equipping mm-hmm. side, right? You were saying kind of the need is they want to be able to learn how to parent well, yeah. learn how to be intentional and mindful of the fact that their child came to them through adoption or foster care and do that well and really be able to have a flourishing relationship and dynamic at home. But when it comes to adoptees, it's really more you're really wanting to be heard. Mm-hmm. And to know they're not alone and that their experiences are sometimes not unique to them. Sometimes they are unique to them. But knowing that they, they're in it together, that there are people who have journeyed a similar path as them. Mm-hmm. Right. Am I right in saying that? Like, yeah, the needs being a little bit different. Hi there, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Rise Up with Janina Chan, where we rise up together every chance we get and have fun while we're at it. Check it out after listening to this and see you there. Yeah, definitely. Um, Especially for like adoptees, some of them don't have, you know, the most ideal story of how they were told that they were adopted or fostered. Um, You know, thankfully, we've just had so many advocates say the beauty of how they, you know, their adoption telling stories and and their journeys of how they were loved and cared for regardless. But there are so many out there, maybe even those that are might be listening to this podcast and say, I was adopted, I was fostered, I didn't have right. that great of an experience that right. you guys have been talking about through your social media posts and all your events. Yes. And I think it's very helpful to just give them that space and that they can say, I didn't have a good story, but can you listen to me? Yeah. Can you hear me out? Can you tell me how I can grow from here? Right. Despite having had that past how is that not going to, you know, define my future or my present? Right. I love that you said that because um, I think now I just want to talk to all the adoptees that are listening and that maybe this podcast caught your attention mm-hmm. because, you know, you thought maybe you're looking for someone that you could connect with. It's so important for us as an organization that advocates for adoption to recognize that there are adoptees who have not had a good experience with this yeah maybe their parents didn't have community to walk through these things with didn't know where to ask the questions didn't know you know who to turn to for counsel and advice on how to do this right and how to make the most out of you know what they were given at that time yeah Yeah. it just wasn't really talked about a few years ago Mm -hmm. you know just Mm -hmm. very recently only did we start talking about adoption and foster care in this way and so I just want you know, for the adoptees that are listening, if you're saying and you're listening and you're you're saying, I didn't really have a great experience or mine was terrible, mm. like 
everything you guys are talking to on social media, like I, I can't relate with that. Mm. Well, you know what? That's what homegrown the adoptees community is really for. It's not just celebrate how awesome their adoption was, yeah. but it's to walk together and to say, some of us have not had a great story, mm. but we want to hear you. And mm. we want to give you the space to meet people like you that mm. maybe can help you make sense of some of the things that have happened to you and mm. some of the things in your journey that maybe you deserve, but didn't get. I mean, we want to be able to say this is a safe place for you to share with us and with the community some of the things that have really happened to you without having to fear that it's going to reflect that on your parents mm-hmm. or what they might think if they found out. And so really just a safe place. So please do if reach out to us with that. The other thing I wanted to say is eventually the goal is really once we're able to establish these communities our goal is really to bring these communities together yeah because i know you mentioned someone from the homegrown community meeting that you were at kind of said like oh i would really love to talk to the prospective adoptive parents yeah i think it's so important that actually the experiences of the adoptees are communicated to the experience like to the moms and the dads Mm -hmm. and we're able to share those experiences safely so that we can learn from each other so we can figure out really how to do this as best as we possibly can. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's just the beauty of being able to have these gatherings, opportunities to learn from each other, to be equipped from each other's experiences. And that's why it's so important for us to create a safe place for our communities, because mm-hmm. we really want it to lead to meaningful change and to help us meaningfully build families in a way that is mutually beneficial, not just to the adopters, but also to the adoptee. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to say that I know we're going to go into talking a little bit about another community, which might be outside of that space of families. Right. But we do you do manage other communities for those that might not be actually in the adoption circles and foster care circles. Yeah. I remember what you were sharing a while ago, Karina, about um, just journeying. And again, another analogy. I like like thinking about things in a visual kind of thing. I love Um, it. (laughs) So I think it is. Uh, a book I'm not sure where I heard this but I, it was my dad or mom who told me about the analogy of hand me another brick um so basically it's someone really trying to build a house or say a building but obviously you can't say hand me another brick to no one yeah. <laughs> um like you need someone there with you to to build something like you can't just keep putting the bricks on your own and trying to yeah. build whatever is this is that you're passionate about it's gonna drain you out it's yeah. tiring to feel that you're the only one pioneering for this thing. And that's why, that's where, and that's where our volunteers come in. They're the ones that hand each other bricks to build and support our adoption community. Wow. And everything that we're trying to achieve, all of our advocacy, even our child placing agency, all the work that we do, our volunteers are just cheering us on and helping us do that handing us another brick to build something that would change generations that would bring healing in this generational cycle of probably hurt and neglect and abandonment to change that and bring healing it's our volunteers that also help us in that and i speak from experience because i was a volunteer and an intern so yeah that i think that's why we also value so much um that community our volunteers and interns um, actually, I just came from a meeting a while ago with our interns, um, oh. three of amazing individuals. Hello, shout out um, <laughs> from a college that we partnered with. So we have partnerships like that also. And they were just giving me so many ideas of we could do this, you know, for the pregnant women in crisis. Let's do this. Wow. Let's have this campaign for them. Let's go onto this platform and just 
you know, bring awareness that we are also helping pregnant women in crisis who just feel also alone. How encouraging and powerful would that be for a mom who's struggling to know that there are college students that are trying to yeah. bring voice to what she's going through or speak up for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's something that we don't know that is happening behind the scenes right. or volunteers and interns because they do a lot of the behind the scenes. But I want to bring that awareness that we also have that community. They're so critical to the work that we do. I think a lot of times we get asked like, oh, I didn't realize like, you know, you weren't a very big team. Mm. You guys are able to do so much. You know, how, are you, how, how have you established good presence on social media and through your Facebook page and all of that? And they don't realize we have like an army of volunteers and interns and they really do pull the ropes with us. And there's community for them. I love when I get around them. They're super excited about it. Usually in our events, whenever we do on-ground events, I find they come to me and they're like, hey, Atagrina, like, you know, I just wanted to tell you, like, my friend, she's adopted and this is her story. And then somebody else will tell me, oh, yeah, I just wanted to let you know, like, um, <laughs> my neighbor's really excited. They're, they're starting their adoption journey. And I'm hearing all these stories. And I realize that that we're not alone. That the work that happens and the impact of the work that we do as an organization is very limited, if not for our volunteers and our interns who really advocate for us. Yeah. And, you know, we even have people across the shores who advocate for us and who talk about our work and help us do what we're doing here in the Philippines. It's possible because of many partners in other parts of the world and outside of our office that mobilize the work that we do. And we have communities for them as well. I think it's just great that we provide those opportunities. So I know that we've gone through a lot and we've talked a lot about the communities that you know we have currently. I just want to, maybe this is just an invitation, Tanya, mm-hmm. for those that are saying, that sounds really exciting. I fit into one of those categories that you mentioned. I'm currently an adoptive or foster mom or an adoptive or foster dad an adoptee or prospective adoptive family. And also I do want to put out there in the adoption space that this is not limited to those families that are journeying with us through our child placement agency. Mm. I mean, absolutely not. Like we invite everyone, um, regardless of what agency you walk through your adoption application with or fostering license with, everyone is welcome, whether you work with your local government um, or the DSWD um, you went through court, didn't go through court. Mm-hmm. Everybody's well, whether it was a simulated adoption, I mean, an independent placement, whatever the nature of your adoption or your foster care setup, you're welcome here. So maybe Tanya as well, you could just let everybody know how they could get in touch with us and how they could connect to get more information about the communities and the events that we have going. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited to, to share with people how they can, like the next step that they can do. So you've heard this entire podcast. You might be saying, hey, that's me. One of those is me. Um, and I want to do something. I want to be a part of this and I don't want to be alone in it. Like I want to be a part of it. Sometimes you want to be a part of this really big thing, but you're probably feeling alone in being a part of it. Like right. maybe volunteers and interns, but we have a community. You're not alone in that also. And I just wanted to add onto what you were saying a while ago that um, I think I can speak for the entire staff and say how this work really is not easy. It's not easy. It's very emotionally um, 
you know, you really invest in the stories you hear, yeah. but how encouraging it is to know that we have these people that are willing to give their time also with us in the work that we do. And even if it's just 30 minutes, like Jana, the one who started, or staff member who started out transcribing for 30 minutes, even if it's just that, that is... Who never left. Never left. I work with her every day. Today. <laughs> she's <laughs> producing our podcast. <laughs> she's hiding in the booth there. But like like her story, just 30 minutes. Yeah. That's valuable. And that you don't know how encouraging that is to us staff. Right. And what we do to know that there are people who would be willing to give their time, whatever they can give, to help in the work that we're doing together. Yeah. So yeah, how can you start? How can you get involved? Just visit our website. Um, it's simple, rohefoundation.org. And there you can see if you want to volunteer, if you want to share your story, if you want to be part of the community, just let us know there. We're dying to know who you are. I hope that you don't just listen to this and say, hey, that was nice. But actually... Yeah. Do it now. Yeah. <laughs> um, just now. Message us. and Would you know. social media be an option as well? Maybe, right? Like our yeah. Facebook page or our Instagram, if that's something that you're on. I know maybe some for some of the adoptees as well. Connecting with us on social media might be simpler. Mm-hmm. Whatever works for you, please reach out to us or reach out to one of our staff. You can reach out to me directly as well. And I've really enjoyed it. I've gotten a few direct messages from moms saying like, hi, I'd really like to join the moms community. Like, what do you guys have going on? Mm-hmm. And um, you guys can do that. Sound good? All right, guys. Well, I think that concludes this episode of the Family is the Answer podcast. Again, if you need more information on how to adopt or get licensed to be a foster family here in the Philippines. Um, We are here to serve you. You can connect with us through our website, reliefoundation.org. We'd be happy to connect with you there. And if you have any questions or comments about the podcast, let us know. We would love your feedback. Or if you're listening and you want to get involved in community or you want to share a story on our podcast, we would absolutely love to have you so please do reach out to us um but i guess that's it for now so thanks again for joining us and we look forward to catching you at our next episode bye for now bye that was the family is the answer podcast by rohe foundation and powered by podcast network asia if you're interested to know more about adoption and foster care Visit our website at rohefoundation.org, where you can find articles, videos, and other resources. You can also find us on social media. We're Rohe Foundation on Instagram and Facebook. Again, thanks for listening, and I hope to catch you at our next episode. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.